I mean, these are really stimulating discussions. I mean, that's the I, point this of is, the podcast, right? This is why people come to X and Y, because uh, talking about cereal, it's important. <laughs> and why the podcast where we tackle the big questions like why are we here what is going to end humanity why are all my google folders all disorganized and what is going to happen in the next expanse book i'm aaron and i'm dave and i cannot wait to find out i can't stop reading them they're so good they're all so good one day i'm not gonna have any more to read i'm gonna be really sad but until then i'm happy isn't that what happens with just about every series or whatever? I would I would struggle to find another series that is this long that I've enjoyed this much mm. though. So, you yeah. Know, <laughs> when you when you're looking at I forget seven or eight books, uh, that's a that's a commitment. You get a lot of information in that many. I mean, it's like Harry Potter. You you, you finished up Harry Potter and you're like, oh no, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> that is that's sort of true. That's it's like that, true. only better. I think I like these better than Harry Potter because it's all about space and fighting and space fighting. It's just great. It's just <laughs> great, Aaron. I can't believe you're not reading the next book immediately after finishing the last book. I know, I know, I know. I tried to throw a little bit of variety into my oh, life. Oh, that's, that's, that's just insanity. Yeah. We want yeah. the same thing every day, never change. That's how it should go. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much true of my dinners. <laughs> oh, taco, taco, burrito. Burrito Tacos time. and burritos, you <laughs> nailed it. Exactly. Nachos. Throw in yes. a curveball. Right. We we actually have like a breakfast for dinner some days. Oh, yes. Breakfast uh, like burritos it, are good. Yeah. So we have breakfast burritos. <laughs> and then Wednesdays we have burrito burritos. <laughs> and then, you know, when I'm when I don't come home because of some uh, like faculty dinner or something like that, Joey has leftover burritos. That's right. And then for dessert, you have Choco Tacos. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right, Aaron. Homework for this week. We're, we're, we're going to make appointments for physicals. Oh, uh, God. Which out here is a like a six to eight month process. Really? Well, I, in, insofar as like that's when you get scheduled. That is true which is, for... Yeah. Which is why I've not seen a doctor. Because I actually have scheduled appointments in the last few years. But I can't schedule things six months in advance because yeah. my schedule changes every four to six months. Right, right, right. <laughs> so. Exactly. Oh, I definitely have to do this. I have to get an eye appointment. Like my my vision has deteriorated significantly <laughs> in the last year and a half. Oh, and no. I need to um, I need to fix that. Yeah, you should fix that. Seeing things yeah. is real good. Yeah. So I have um, I'm old. You might have noticed I'm old. Um, and I have progressives, which is basically like if you look out the center of the lens, everything's in focused. But then if you look off to the side or to the bottom or to the top, then it becomes out of focus unless it's a f different distance away. So the focal length changes as a function of radial distance away from the center of the lens. Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand. This is a, a lens? Yeah. Why would yeah. you do what's the point of that uh because some because i um i have different prescriptions for nearsightedness and farsightedness and there's no Wait. way to fix that with a lens one lens you can get this progressive thing 
it's basically like so having bifocals. That's the best you can do. Yep. Uh, yep. That sounds horrible. It is. It is really horrible, especially when your prescription in both of your eyes is different um, at different rates. Like it's getting, they're getting worse at different rates. So now I need to look in one direction with one eye and another direction <laughs> with another eye in order to actually see properly. <laughs> oh man. Yes, awesome. it's, it sounds like the next breakthrough in uh, eyewear is a compound set of glasses you need you need multiple lenses in there oh yeah yeah i mean those are basically bifocals and trifocals that they do the same thing yeah but that but that's based on but that's level right so the top of the right. glass would be i'm talking about like you know all like a microscope all light goes through oh. multiple lenses ah interesting and then the next step after that Adaptive yeah. optics. You attach a laser. It senses the the the, uh, the turbulence in the air in front of you and corrects for that. I think that adaptive optics lenses would be fantastic, <laughs> would be especially fantastic. if it shoots like a little laser into your eye and it actually is measuring like the focal length of your eye per too. second, every second, every second. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, what I've been considering, which I don't think I'm necessarily considering um, seriously, but I've been considering getting like two separate pairs of glasses, one for far away and one for near, but then I will lose them. So then I have to get multiple sets of glasses. <laughs> so you need and four so, or six pair? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, and then I thought, well, as long as I'm going that route, I might as well get the um, laser surgery stuff. But wouldn't then, that just not work a year later? Aren't your eyes changing so much that a year later you'd have to do it again? Right. So what ends up happening is that in the beginning, like for the first year, you don't need glasses or anything. Yeah. But the second year, you end up needing like reading glasses, but you can see really f well far away. Uh -huh. That's what Joey is uh, right now. She's gotcha. at that. Um, and so then I would only need one pair of glasses or three pair of glasses, one for at work, one for the car, and one for home. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, the nice thing would be that I don't have to get, like, super lightweight, non-glass, scratch-resistant, blah, blah, blah glasses that cost $500. Uh because I'm blind as a bat. <laughs> you know, at least I'd only need like reading glasses, which I could buy at CVS for $10. That's true. And then you could just super saturate your life with them. It sounds like to me that, you know, right now, you're, you, what people go to the eye doctor every year and they get new glasses every single year, right? Because their yeah. eyes are changing. Yeah. Uh, so is the future for us, instead of new glasses every year, it's yearly eye surgery? I think that that's gonna happen eventually. Um, I think it's really expensive now. Yeah. I don't know how expensive. The, the I think that the problem right now is that there's a super wide variety of prices for it, and I am not gonna go to a place that is only like a thousand dollars for LASIK um, because. <laughs> and it's fifty percent off the first eye. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I would go to like a more professional place or at least something that seems like it's more professional <laughs> that costs a lot more money. <laughs> because it's my eyes, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I would, uh, yeah. They're somewhat important. <laughs> they are. Well, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't I'm not sure that I want to shell out the you know, whatever, four or five thousand dollars or whatever to do the LASIK surgery yet. I just want to, I want somebody to explain to me the evolutionary advantage to having bad eyesight. I'm trying to figure this one out. The, I think what ended up happening is that there was people, people would die so early that, you know, that bad eyesight didn't matter that much. Oh, well, so um, but, but people are born with bad eyes. So, um most people it evolves like i started needing glasses when i was in about the second grade yeah that's uh, I could, uh, that's pretty damn early that is pretty early you are absolutely correct but i could still i could could have functioned like if i didn't have to read a blackboard or something i could still have functioned i'd probably be dead by the time i was like 18 though <laughs> but you know when you're a caveman you're reproducing when you're 12 so you know by the time you're 18 you're like an old person i guess <laughs> i have no idea I don't, I totally you, <laughs> maybe you don't need to see well to reproduce what is that bush oh my god it's a lion <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly i i don't know i agree that it seems like people with bad vision should have just been pulled <laughs> from the population a long time ago what why do i as somebody that has perfect vision why do i have to deal with you bad vision people? <laughs> it's really frustrating what's really crazy to me is that um joey and i have pretty horrible vision and alan has perfect vision huh yeah so I thought that it would be completely hereditary, <laughs> uh, but it seems like it may not be 100% hereditary. I, I have no idea. Carrots. She, he must have eaten a lot of carrots. He ate a lot of carrots. That is not true. That is not <laughs> true. He ate a lot of sweetened cereal. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> this is Proof. Proof. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, how uh, how Captain Crunch? Um, there's a direct correlation between bad vision and lack of eating Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh man, we gotta get uh, the bad ad hoc hypothesis people to come to Ann Arbor. That's perfect for that. It would be. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, too bad it's always in London and stupid places like that. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, the question that I have for you this week uh, because um, Netflix has released the the TV show Altered Carbon, mm -hmm. which we have talked about at least once, I think, on this podcast. Yes, true story. We maybe recommended it or something uh, a while ago. It was it was a mixed it was a mixed bag. Oh, that's right. That's very true. Right. I recommended it and um, said that it was going to be pretty violent. And yes. I yeah. love the idea. Um, I wasn't right. a huge fan of the writing, so I think I, I think I withheld recommendation, but suggested people read it anyway. I don't know. I, I, yeah. just, I don't. I can't. I, I'm incoherent sometimes. But go on, no. go on. So the question really is: is what makes you who you are? Oh God! If you took your brain, if you took your memories, 
and you transplanted your brain slash memories or whatever to a totally separate body, would you be the same person? Yes. Okay. That's the question you want to ask. I yes. see. This is like straight out of Hello Internet six months ago or something. Oh, really? Oh, they, oh it's, it's Gray always talks about free will and the ship of Theseus and all that garbage. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, so yeah. Well, that's easy. Yes, absolutely. But clearly, you are the, the body. My body is just a. It's 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 just a, it's it's a vessel. Huh. Yeah. That's. I, you think that? I think if you could perfectly take out the stuff that's in my brain, my thoughts and memories, and put it in another body, that that would still be me. Wow. And this is a great way to think because this solves all the problems. Like, you know, transportation, yeah, whatever, totally still works. It's me going, coming out the other side, no issues whatsoever. Huh. Yeah. Um, I have to say that I strongly disagree. Well, you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you think your body makes up you? I think that people are strongly influenced by hormones. Okay. And so, like people there have been studies that show like male aggression is caused by um testosterone mm -hmm. increased testosterone and so like if you cut your testosterone by a factor of two or ten in your body you would be a significantly less aggressive person or if you increased it by a factor of ten you'd be a significantly more aggressive person um and that would change like your decisions on what risks you would take and how you would interact with people. And I sort of feel like those are sort of fundamental things about you, you know? But and I would argue that that stuff changes over time anyway. Oh, I agree. I agree. I don't think I'm the same person that I was 10 years ago. Well, then what's the point of the question? You're never the same person. <laughs> <laughs> You're a different person every time you go to sleep. That oh. Today is your one day on Earth. Tomorrow you're gonna be you're dying tonight, Aaron. I hope you don't die tonight. That would really make me sad. I, <laughs> well, thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, I don't think that that's really true. I do think okay. So the reason that I struggle with this question is really about um, uh, when we talk about like why people commit crimes and um, punishment for people who commit crimes and stuff like that. So people talk about people having diseases and stuff that, are, that make them different than who they are. And if we could cure them of the disease or whatever, then they would be different. They would be a different person. They would be cured or whatever, and they wouldn't do these things. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, sir, sure, sure, you're talking about you know, maybe somebody's schizophrenic and or mul has multiple personalities or something like that, and if you could cure that. But, but I think that's an extreme case, but yeah. Sure. But, but, but you know, back to your original... So, well, it, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's an extreme case, but I, I don't know that... I'm not sure how to say it, but, you know, if, if, you, if you go look at a murderer, well, I, I feel like the counter-argument is... If you have murdered somebody, therefore you are diseased. Hmm. Which hopefully people are able to take a look at themselves and their actions and, and judge whether or not those actions are good or bad. 
you know, and they may mm. ignore what they conclude. I acknowledge that this is bad. I'm going to do it anyway. Maybe you call that a disease. I don't know. I mean, well, not not even necessarily like disease. I, that might not necessarily be the best word to use. Um, but do you think though that? people so if people um but you hmm. but you would say that that person who is about to kill somebody and thinks about what they're about to do and says this is a bad decision then does it anyway you would argue that that person could be cured of that um uh, no i'm not necessarily advocating that they could be cured or anything like that so I back am, to your original question i would say if you took yeah. that person's brain put it in a what the hell is it called? A cortical stack and put it in a different body. Oh, uh-huh. They would still go on and kill that person. Yeah, so I think, though, that... Okay, all right. I think that there are a number of... Uh, I, I In some ways, this is like nature versus nurture type of thing, which is like... I, I think that your brain has a bunch of... Um, pathways neural pathways that are sort of frozen in there and that is that's done through a combination of like how you were raised your brain chemistry and all sorts of stuff and i would say that the the freezing in of your neural pathways is like your memories those are like your memories and sort of how you react to situations but then but then i think that that hormones change can change how you react to situations so i'm not entirely certain but hormone hormones are regulated by the brain right uh, um not necessarily they're they're regulated by other <laughs> other organism other organs that you have in your body also uh, oh no! I can hear you. I can hear you tapping on your keyboard. Because I want to know like what checking. how testosterone is is controlled. Yeah, I'm suspecting that this is going to be much too complicated for me to understand in a very small amount of time. Short amount of time. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But exactly. go on, go on. I mean, think of teenage boys. Are they ruled by their brains, or are they ruled by other well, but parts? You're, the, that's that's a that you're asking that question from the social standpoint right mm. but <laughs> i'd like to think that if you if you cut out the teenage boy's brain he would not be driven purely by the desire to have sex yeah no i i do think i i agree like if you took out if you took out like a teenage boy's personality like their you freeze their synapses or whatever in their memories and you stuck it into a person who's like 50 years old they might not necessarily have as strong as desire to have sex you know even though they may have not have had the same experiences and everything mm -hmm. and so you know that strong desire to have sex is driven by the hormones in their body and that dominates or it strongly controls their personality during their formative years wouldn't you say yeah no i agree with that but i think that the brain is central to that and you know if you're talking about taking out somebody's again the idea of transplanting 
their memories and that course or you, you know it, we're talking about something that's not possible and so you you talked right. about the uh, neural pathways which i think is important and, and well, so, so the question is like how would you you know what if you're trying to transfer somebody's memories and personality to a different body what are you, what are you actually copying in a sense you're copying those neural pathways right right, right. at least that's some part of it right yeah in Another way that you could phrase this question is if you took you took somebody's uh, body, you know, you, you took somebody's fully formed body and and as they are right now, but you totally change their chemistry, their hormone levels and everything, would they remain the same person? So this is my lack of understanding of physiology. Right. Because these again, the hormone levels it's in some way are regulated by the brain. Yeah. The hormones themselves are produced somewhere else. So are you saying like, oh, well, you're just gonna basically make those hormone production glands less effective in a different mm. body? Maybe that's okay. And so even if the brain is telling it, give me more testosterone, give me more testosterone, the body physically can't do that. Right, the body is just saying, yeah. nope, nope, we're done. Then we, you know, you're certainly going to change their personality, yes. Yeah. But I, again, would argue that our personality changes all the time. Pro yes. Maybe, and, and I don't know, maybe because our body becomes worse at producing, I assume as we get older we're not as good at producing testosterone. I don't know. I hope I'm not sounding too ignorant, but um, <laughs> I might as well. I'm ignorant on a lot of things, so it's fine. Well, I think that, that there's definitely, it's definitely true that as people age their body produces different levels of different hormones well, but why is that is it because the the glands that produce those hormones are shutting down and not, not as effective or is it because the brain that's regulating that production is being like wait mm. a second that was a bad choice let's let's fix that i don't i don't think that the brain is like saying well you're 50 years old now therefore i just need to give you less testosterone i I don't know why the body <laughs> produces less testosterone with time. I don't either. But I can testosterone. So I did. I got the Wikipedia and okay. So testosterone is basically regulated by this system called the hypothalamic pituitary pituitary gonadal gon gonadal gonadal gonadal. I don't know axis <laughs> HPG axis. And of course the the hypothalamus is part of your brain. So your brain uh -huh. apparently secretes something that I don't I, some some sort of something, which then hmm. moves throughout the rest of your system, and that triggers you know the production of testosterone. The production, like huh? So like, what part of that changes in time? Right. I don't know. Right. And because your brain says, "Give me more testosterone." Um, then your body reacts and actually gives you more testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So if you if you moved your neural pathways into another body, then maybe you would produce the more same. testosterone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't That's know. That's interesting. This has gone into extreme high level de of detail. We're all smarter <laughs> for for having brought this up. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, back to the original question. My sense is that. It, I mean, you're trying to justify what you what you think based on just being a human being. I mean, clearly you feel like your body is an important part of you. 
Yeah. And I'd imagine like we could go through the science of it, even if we, even if we could nail down and be like, no, 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 this is totally regular. It doesn't matter what body you're in, what body you're in. Your brain is the thing that controls the hormones. I, I suspect that you wouldn't change your opinion. I have no idea. Like, I really don't have that much of an opinion right now. I'm I'm actually sort of just curious about it because I, I, I honestly don't know enough about, like, hormone levels and what controls all that stuff. And But, you know, thinking about when people are put on lithium or whatever, it changes their personalities. Um, when people are and, put on alcohol, it changes their personalities. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so it seems like chemistry in your body is super super important oh and yeah could you could you change your personality could you make yourself like a more assertive person or whatever by like giving yourself whatever patches you know like assertiveness hormone patches <laughs> uh, no you know? i think i'm i'm sure and, and by extension assertive find a, a more assertive body right uh all right so Lindsay, Lindsay is sort of somewhat introverted right yes and so yes. If, if you took Lindsay's brain and put it in my body would she suddenly not be as introverted or is that maybe not a good example because introvertedness maybe is not regulated by hormones no that's a really good question that is something that i have no idea like is that something is that something that is like in your dna yeah and is it in your DNA in your brain or is it in your DNA in your pituitary glands or whatever? <laughs> I have no idea. All I'm right, not well, sure that the, we I actually mean, know. I guess the ultimate ex example, forget about the introvertedness. I mean, put Lindsay's brain in my body. She is now in a male body but is a, was right. originally a female. Right. I mean, there's the, the hormones are totally different. So is yes. she now a different person? So they've done a lot of, I'm not sure that they've done a lot of studies, but I've listened to a lot of podcasts where they talk to trans people uh -huh. and um, women who are transitioning to men, the first thing that they do is give you testosterone injections. Okay. And they say that they feel completely different. Uh-huh. That they, um, you know, they, they look at other people in a much more sexually oriented way, that they are much more aggressive, mm -hmm. um, that they're angrier, hmm. um, that they that they fundamentally change. Are they do they consider themselves to be fundamentally different people? Uh, so that's the question. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I guess that is sort of up for like debate since because I'm not sure that personalities can really be quantified, yeah, you know, it's a tough thing to quantify. Right. <laughs> and then and then what is like a delta on your personality? What would the delta be to say that, like, OK, I'm no longer myself? Yeah. These are things that I, I sort of struggle with. Like, you know, if I woke up and I was 10 percent quote different than i was right now would that would i be a fundamentally different person yeah so i guess to me oh this is going to bring up a whole different ball of wax is what makes what what's most important uh in terms of defining oneself are the memories and experiences that you've had in your life hmm. so i agree that you know 
the hormones and the personality stuff are all part of that picture. And certainly a, a person that's, uh, that's going through transition from uh, one sex sexual orientation, not sexual orientation, from one sex to another has significant changes, just like you described. But their memories yeah. don't change. And so I think I, w I would be, you know, we could try to quantify this however you want, but I, th I, would, I would argue that they are the, still the same person. Okay. What about a counter-argument counter of somebody who, say, goes through a traumatic event and has PTSD? Yeah, I mean, that's why I said this is going to open up a whole new ball of wax. Like right. PTSD or just Alzheimer's, uh, yeah. something that basically removes memories and experiences. I don't know. <laughs> right. So you may interact with people on a day-to-day -day basis exactly the same if you have Alzheimer's. Like right. your fundamental personality hasn't changed but you have no memory of anything. Yep. And are you the same? I no counter argument for that one. Yeah. I mean, by my logic, that person is now a different person. Right. And, and somebody, it's hard, somebody to, it's hard to justify that because you look at them and they're physically the same person. Yeah. And, and somebody who has PTSD, you hear stories about people who get divorced because they say when they came home, they were no longer the same person. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not your personal memories, um, but it's also the memories that people have of you. Totally mm. external to you, the person that you are isn't defined by yourself. It's defined by the people. That's that very you interact true. With. Right. Yeah. That makes me feel better about my statement. Yeah. So you are like um, locations on Gaussian distribution functions. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are a you're a wave function that, a that wave collapses function. <laughs> that collapses when observed. That's probably true, and that if you fundamentally change that, then people say, "Wow, that person has really changed." <laughs> yeah. Huh. I was thinking though that um, the example of like a kid. I think in the in the first episode maybe of Altered Carbon, there's is this right there was a kid that, um, for whatever reason, got resleeved, got a new body. And, uh -huh. you know, died or went to, I don't know, I think they died in an accident. Uh, and they were seven years old or something. And like when they got re-sleeved, they were re-sleeved into an adult body. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then the parents are like, what? This? She was seven. She was a little girl. And, you know, so she comes out and she still has kind of the emotions of a little girl. But right. you know, the parents are really distraught, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that person still their daughter? Right. That's a really good question. So it's like it's I, not even you know it's not a it's not a physical thing. The memories of this person don't have to be necessarily associated with the physical thing, the physical right. body. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I huh. remember when you were like this. Now you look differently, but you're still my child. Right. And th I think that that happens with people on a normal basis, also. So yeah. say you you know, either gain a huge amount of weight or lose a huge amount of weight, you are fundamentally changed, but are you're still the same person, but the world interacts with you in a very different way, I would imagine. And so maybe you do change. Yeah. But you're still uh, the same person. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that's true. I am a firm. You are still you. And I think my final you. justification is that it's a co combination of 
your memories, but also people's memories of you. Hmm. And they remember you before you lost all that weight. And so they have that experience and they remember what you were like, or they remembered before you were re-sleeved into a body that was 40 years older than your yeah. original body. Yeah. I would still love my kid. I would be extremely sad, but I, I think I would still love my kid if they died and were re-sleeved into a 40-year-old's body. Oh, I agree. I agree that, like, if you took a kid, I mean, if you took a person, mm, well, I mean, uh, it's easy to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if your kid starts acting very different because your kid is, like, has the the hormone levels and everything of a 40-year-old person and is, like, a super dick or something, then, you know, that those but feelings still make my kid change. And I still have memories of them as my as this other person. Okay, so since my kids are older, I I can envision like your memory you still will have memories of your kids as like four, five, six year olds, but at some point your kids are not gonna want you to think about them in that way. They're gonna want you to think about them as fully formed adults. And if you consider them as little kids, like, oh, I remember no, when you, you were blah, blah, blah. You don't consider them, you don't treat them that way. You can, it, it's, the, it's the sum total of the memories and experiences that you shared with that person throughout their life. And that doesn't stop when they're seven, I imagine. Uh, I, would, I would argue that it's not the sum total. I would say that it's a strongly weighted average. <laughs> weighted towards... Mm -hmm. Moving window. No, no. Because <laughs> they want you to treat them like, I mean, when they turn 18, they want you to treat them like 18-year-olds. Right, and then and you're going to, but you still have, but their their experiences, your experiences with them as a 17-year-old um, are part of the package. And yeah. so they are still, you know, even though they're vastly different from when they're 18, uh, between when they were 18 and 8, you you have watched that transition happen. And so that, the person, even though they've changed, it's still the same person. Yeah. Um, I will be happy to have this conversation with you in about 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> because I would say that transitions uh, in personality happen very quickly when, they're, when you have teenagers. And you have to keep up, you know? I suspect that's true. And, and that, that's probably has to do with hormones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly hmm shocking all right well we'll see how maybe by then it'll actually be something we can do right right we could actually like um i'll, I'll investigate this more and maybe in 10 years we'll be it. we'll be educated enough that we could have a real good discussion about it see i thought your question was going to originally be if you could move your brain to another body would you do it oh oh uh well would you that's what i'm asking would you <laughs> would i, I asked if, first if i could move my brain into a 25 year old body i probably would yeah yeah i think so how would joe what would joey think about that joey would be very happy <laughs> <laughs> especially if the body looked like uh brad pitt in um uh whatever that movie was um all of his movies all of his movies. <laughs> Not the later ones, the right. earlier ones. Thelma and Louise. Uh, Thelma and Louise, I Brad Pitt. Don't think I saw that, and it was a long-ass time ago. Yeah. It's not a swear if you're talking about a donkey. Um, 
Yeah. Would you would you move your body? I don't think I would right now. Hmm. I mean, I do not have a perfect body, but that's there's. I mean, uh, this is a podcast, uh, so <laughs> the the many the all of our very few of our listeners have actually seen me in person. I suspect. Probably um, true. But uh, I don't think I would right now. Yeah. I mean, because like this is my body. It's been with me. It's like you know, uh, it's like my house. I'm. I'm I mean, I guess if you gave me a big ass house, I might be tempted, but I'd be real hard. It'd be, it would be hard. I don't know. Yeah. If you no, gave me a new I family, think... if, I, if you said, here's a much better family, do you want this family? <laughs> I probably would say no. I, I, so I don't think that it's that as that important as like a new family. Like, yeah. I think, I mean, like. So you're I, saying a new I, family, you definitely think. I mean, here's a, here's a very small example. I grew a beard like two years ago, however many years ago, two years ago, we'll say. And um, now I looked at myself without my beard and I think, boy, I look much better with a beard. (laughs) Did you shave? (laughs) Have I seen you since you shaved your beard? I haven't shaved my beard. Oh, no. Oh, you looked at pictures of you. Pictures of me without my beard. Yes. I can't picture you without a beard now. I know, I know, because it's hideous. Your beard is? <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> I try to hide as much of my face as physically possible with the beard, and that that's much more attractive. <laughs> no, I. It is. It's weird how like you look at yourself. Like I can't envision what I looked like with, um, you know, thirty more pounds on me you know 10 years ago or however long ago i had 30 more pounds on me yeah and you know you change and so i could envision getting a body that is younger and you know more able to run faster and do more things and stuff like that and thinking wow this is really strange and weird and then in a month from now thinking oh this is my perfectly wonderful new body you know oh yeah I, well, I agree, and I, and I think at some point I would choose to do that. Right. Um, but, I mean, my current personality that has evolved since I was in high school doesn't really care about yeah. running fast. What I care about is being able to run, just do it at all, right? Yeah, And, yeah. you know, everything that I want to do, I can do right now. Maybe I can't do it as fast or as hard or whatever as I could before. Right. But uh, I don't really care. But yeah, absolutely. I think at some point when stuff starts breaking for real, um, I right. would probably opt to, to make the move. And I agree. Like if I was, if if somebody said you can have one body swap your entire life, yeah, um, I would not do it now. I would wait. Yeah. Because I think that my body is in pretty darn good shape right now. Yeah, I mean, if you only get one, I gotta imagine everybody's waiting until they're like ninety and they're like, "All right, <laughs> we got we got some good mileage there. Let's let's switch it up." <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so next we will talk. We'll do a lightning round. All right. Um, for science of the week. Uh, so Joey pointed out. Um, she does. She follows some alt. USGS employees thing on Facebook. Um, And there were two USGS employees that were reassigned for publishing a study on how climate change is affecting glaciers in Montana. Uh, So that's sort of bad. Um, 
So I guess the science of the week is really my question for you is, do you think that the Trump administration and sort of the decisions that are being made right now are causing fewer people to want to study science? Uh, when you said Joey saw this thing on Facebook, I was like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to believe that. So I went and looked it up because I didn't know about this. Uh-huh. Um, just a lesson, people. Facebook is bad. We shouldn't believe anything anybody yeah. says on Facebook. <laughs> um, but there, this is there are some actual like there's an article in the Washington Post, so you can get some quotes yeah. and you can actually see some of what's going on. Yeah. Um, I, you know, other than anecdotal evidence, just from hearing things like this on occasion, I, I haven't looked at this at all. Right. I, I yeah. don't really know. Um, I, I certainly Trump is being is frustrating with regards to science and his stances on climate change and but at the same time i think i I think that it doesn't matter he doesn't tell us what he actually believes about climate change he may very well think that climate change is happening and i think there's been some evidence of that uh because recently what had built or got approval to build you know climate change preventing walls around some of his properties that are on the coast. Oh, really? I think that Trump knows very well that the climate is changing and that humans are causing it. Yeah. But that is not what he is supposed to say. Right. Because he's beholden to the people that, A, elected him, and B, much more so the people that are paying for him. Right. Um, So I don't think, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I haven't studied this. This is bad. I think this is pretty bad to have have people that published a, a study, um, that I don't think has been discredited by the by the community. I don't care what right. Trump has to say, but by actually by the community. I, I mean, as far as I, in my two minutes of Google searching, I don't see anybody discrediting their study. Um, yeah. That's bad. But I don't think that, uh, if I had to guess, I think that because of his, the way that he's running the the presidency, he's, he's um, riling up so many people that it might actually be end up being a good thing for people getting into science. I don't mm. know. Uh, maybe more he's, people. Maybe he's driving people out, but at the same time, he's pushing, making people realize that science is actually really good. And to, when you have somebody that ignores science running things, that's actually really bad. So maybe younger people in high school are thinking, hey, I need to, you know, maybe I should, I should get into the science stuff. I don't know. That's just so, my feeling. I don't know if that's true at all. I have no 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 basis for uh, really thinking that other than that's my hope, maybe. Right. So you ultimately believe that Trump is good for science. <laughs> when you put it like that. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. No. That, I, I think that you asked, did you, is it driving people away from science? And I think in some sense, yes, and in some sense, no. Or maybe right. It's doing, you know. Um, certainly yeah. it's, uh, you know, look at, you can, maybe the uh, a pre-question is, is science bad for, dem- or is, is not science, is Trump bad for democracy? And you can make the case that, man, him being there has really riled up um, some of the moderates and, and Democrats to actually get off their butt and, and do stuff, right? And maybe actually show up in a midterm election. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. I don't know. You could also, I think that you could argue, I, uh, I think that there's evidence that like people, when the economy is doing really well, people tend to not go into science as much yeah, that's and true. they tend to, you Don't know, because 
they get a job and they don't get PhDs and yeah. stay in school and stuff. And so the, it might be a stronger correlation with how the economy is doing than whether, you know, whoever is in office. Right, right. Yeah. But no, right, this so is that, certainly bad. Um, yeah. yeah. We can, we can yeah. certainly say that. Right. All right. So that was uh, lightning round um, one done. That's science of the week done. All right. Uh, recommendations. Do you have a recommendation or should I go first? Uh, go ahead. I do have one, but you can go first. All right. Uh, I've been reading this book series called the Silo series or Wool series um, by Hugh Hoey, H-O-W-E-Y. And it is, um, it's a series of really short books. Um, and there are something like nine in the series. And I bought like the first six um, all as one big group and then I went on and like a year later decided that I wanted to keep reading them so I bought uh, books four five and six individually thinking that I hadn't read book four for some stupid reason mm-hmm. um, and it's the Kindle and so I'm old and confused uh, and so uh, I've been rereading those and it's, they're really really interesting so the idea the general idea is that it, it, some apocalypse thing has happened. It's a dystopian future book thing. And people are living inside of silos mm-hmm. that are buried in the ground. There's like a hundred, 150 stories deep. Um, and they're basically living in these silos. And one of the main characters gets expelled from one of the silos. None of the silos know about each other. Um, but there are like hundreds of them um, and she like gets expelled and so has to go outside and usually people die almost immediately when they go outside because the atmosphere is poisoned and everything Uh, but she is an engineer and so actually has a suit that allows her to survive for longer and so walks over to the next hill and sees a silo exactly like hers and gets inside of that um and so it's like this discovery of like there being more people around and all, all sorts of stuff. Um, things are going quite poorly and, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, that is my rep, uh, my recommendation. I am nearly certain that I've read that book, but I don't know where. Huh. I have a recollection of this. Maybe you recommended it because I remember it being short silos. Somebody gets kicked out. Don't remember yeah. any details. And I knew that there were more. And I'm like, oh, do I want to read more? I don't know. And then I maybe that was it. I got to figure out where this was, though. It would be hilarious if I recommended this in like in episode four or something like that. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I yeah. think I didn't like it enough to continue on. Huh. Uh, it could have been a different book, but it sounds an awful lot like that. And you've just described all the details I can remember of it. It's <laughs> yeah. usually a sign that I did not particularly like the book. Yeah. I thought it... I mean, they're they're interesting books, I think. Yeah, the, uh, you're certainly welcome to, to like it. I'm just... Uh, yeah. you, when you started talking about it, wait a second, didn't I read this? Like, uh, and I'm trying to remember. And I can't find it in my Kindle orders. Oh, huh. <laughs> so that's also something that's a little bit dubious. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like only available or it was like this guy wrote the first book and then put it out there on Amazon um, as like a whatever book. Um, yeah. Like a self-published. Yes. I remember that. 
Right. I do remember that. Yeah. It was recommended by Amazon. That's how I found it. I don't think you recommended it. I think like it popped up on ah. Amazon. I'm like, oh, that's cheap and it's short. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then you deleted it because it was so horrible. I don't think you can delete things from the Amazon. It's it's never it's all encompassing. So it so is. so you would maybe you would suggest I don't stop and I maybe read the second book. I yeah, see. I would definitely I would definitely recommend right. um, reading more of it well, so far it's, that. it's interesting i mean you're gonna have to wait till you finish all the expanse books well, i'm right? listening to the expanse books so so i'm not oh. gonna, obviously i would recommend the expanse books to absolutely everybody i did want to ask you um <laughs> maybe okay my recommendation first first my recommendation uh yep. so one of my favorite authors is jonathan stroud and jonathan stroud is a children's author young adult eh, less than that maybe you know upper elementary grade school um, and his first series is called the Bartimaeus series, which I recommend to absolutely everybody. It's such a good series. Um, but that was published some time ago. But uh, I just finished his second series, which the, his final book in that series was released just a few weeks ago. Um, the series is called Lockwood & Co., Lockwood & Company. Um, and there's five books in that series. I just finished the last one, which was, I think, The Empty Grave. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was such a good series. I mean, it's certainly... Um, upper elementary level maybe like fifth sixth grade hmm. so it's not some big adult complicated novel but the character right. development and the stories are just really interesting and fun to read um hmm. basically the whole series is about this gr group of kids that goes around and takes care of ghosts um for some reason oh. in london there's a ghost problem that <laughs> seems to only keep getting worse and worse and worse and the thing about the ghosts is only kids can see them but everybody huh. is affected by them so adults will they might hear things or might hear disturbances or something like that or lights flickering or they yeah. might be killed by the ghost because the ghost can kill you. Um, but the kids are the ones that have to actually take care of the problem. And so it's all about huh. this, this whole thing. And it's it's fantastic. It's really good. Uh, hmm. So I highly recommend it. Jonathan Stroud, brilliant author, really good writer. Check it out. Okay. Super easy to read. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. But I was going to say about The Expanse, I, I had a question because I listened to all the books and you've read several of them. And yes. when I listen to them, I think the performance is really, really good. Uh, whoever does the, the narrating is just really good at doing voices and getting the characters to sound like you, like they are supposed to sound, I think. Yeah. And I am always cracking up at like the things that Amos says and does. Amos is a big tough guy who can beat the crap out of lots of people, but he's quiet and he's got a complicated past. And but like he he's always very forthright, and he'll say quick little one-liners about things that are just like obvious but hilarious. Do you do you find right. these things funny as somebody that's reading it, or is it just coming out as because it's an audiobook? Um, I think that I find them funny. I can't remember. <laughs> All right. They it doesn't stand out. I know that Amos is a really good character yes i uh, i like amos a lot yes uh, I, I but do i don't remember his one-liners uh per se i know that he he usually says like very short things yes, yes. that's absolutely true and a lot of the time it's just kind of like the obvious thing but it's said in such a way that it's to me it's hilarious and i and i've and I've, right. every time this happens i'll be like cracking up in the car I'm like i wonder if it's just because i'm listening to it as opposed to reading it that i think this is so hilarious or something yeah, tone of voice definitely has yeah. a lot to do with things like that. Yeah. Well, one will never know because I can't. I mean, I could go back and read them, but right, that'd be a lot of work. 
I can loan you them on Kindle. Well, but and that would be different because I've already read them, so I don't know if it That's would very have true. the same effect. It's tainted. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe you should you listen to one. Oh yeah. One the next ones. Yeah. Then you'd have to give up listening to podcasts for a long time. That is very That'd true. Be hard. I'm getting tired of listening to podcasts. I am too, and I listen to so few of them. Yeah. I told you that like I, I finished the last book and then I'm like I listened to one episode of John and Hank and that's it. I'm probably ten episodes back in John and Hank Hank and John. Whoa, and, really? You know, four or five in Hello Internet. Whoa. So I'm, I'm way out of the loop. Huh. I'm I'm not that far behind. I, I, like there are some podcasts that I absolutely one hundred percent listen to immediately when they come out. Yeah. But then I, a lot of like the I probably have said this before, but like news related podcasts that yeah, I listen yeah. to, I'm getting pretty tired of pretty listening depressed. to them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And they're and it's like the same thing over and over again. Right. Like, what did Trump do this week that we absolutely hate and? I, I don't understand. You get outraged. Google on my phone tells me, you know, whenever there's an article on Trump, and I don't even look at articles about Trump. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you, why? Why not Michigan basketball? I don't know why Google thinks that I need to know every last thing Trump tweeted. I don't care. <sighs> Stupid Google, Google. Google knows you better than you know yourself, I think Google's man. Google's trying to tell us trying something Trying to tell about you Trump. something. Yeah. Trying to swing the yeah. election. That's that. That's not good. Swing, swing the election. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Uh, that's all I got for today. Okay. Fantastic. It was good to catch up with you, Aaron. It was nice to catch up with you too, Dave. We'll get back on uh, schedule or something. Exactly. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. All right. We'd like to thank uh, the University of Michigan, Eastern Michigan University, the NSF, uh, and most importantly, our brilliant and wonderful editor, Kenny Carlson for doing God's work as always uh, couldn't do it without him uh, you can find uh, find us on the reddit at slash r slash x and y and uh, our website I think is x and y dot x y z we yep. also have a gmail account I checked it once recently so I'm, I'm not slacking there totally x and y podcast at gmail dot com awesome what did I forget um I think that that pretty much covers it. All right, fantastic. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. It's been great podcasting with you, Dave. As it is. Yeah. Bye. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.